You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Our guest today is Dr. Nels Ewaldson, and he will be talking about dietary considerations, plant-derived and food-derived karyostatic agents. Dr. Ewaldson has spoken before on podcasts for Viva Learning. He's also been a lecturer on VivaLearning.com. He owns and operates Conservative Dental Solutions, a private practice in Waveland, Indiana. Dr. Ewaldson was the former director of new technologies at GC America and clinical research director for Densply Prosthetics. He is a published author and lecturing clinician with a primary focus on the atraumatic management of acute caries using fluoride compounds and fluoride-releasing restoratives. Um, Dr. Ewaldson, it's great to have you back, and some of the other podcasts that you've done uh, are just amazing. Tremendous information and a great service for those patients that uh, need that kind of treatment. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Dr. Klein. It's my pleasure. Yeah, so we're talking about dietary considerations. Um, This is something that we have not had much information on on Viva Learning. So my question is, if foods and drinks contributed to the U.S. carriage problem, is it possible for food and drink modifications to actually help manage this problem? Yeah, the role food and beverages play in the etiology of dental caries has received a great deal of attention in both patient education publications and in the scientific literature. These cariogenic diets coupled with frequent snacking prolong the exposure of teeth to acids, and you couple that with today's sugary carbonated beverages, sip all day, get decay, and the highly, progressively highly refined carbohydrate snacks, it's fewer than 20% of our patients that are carrying more than 80% of the carry's burden, it's time to think about something as simple as can, if food caused this problem, can we feed or eat our way with healthy foods out of this problem? And that's an interesting proposal. There are a few things we know about foods that make wise dietary choices, but just to put it in the context of where we're at today compared to where we were when I was a kid. You know, we had energy drinks when I was a kid. Those were called tea and coffee. Mm-hmm. And we drank those unsweetened. Only sissies added sugar or cream to their tea or coffee. Today, the carbonated soft drinks are in 22-ounce containers. That's a small one. We used soft drinks on special occasions, and they were in 7-ounce bottles that we washed out and reused. So today, food and drink companies have steadily increased the sugar added to everything from breakfast cereal to protein bars to energy drinks. We've got dispensing machines on every corner. We've got self-serve soda fountains, all encouraging overconsumption. And many of these beverages are super caffeinated. They're low pH. They're a pop-top container, but it's got two or three servings in it. There's no way to save that for later. Sip Mm -hmm. all day, get decay. This is a major health crisis in my opinion. And while it's not clear which food and drink companies will take the lead, it is clear in the literature that someone can take the lead. It's reasonable to produce healthier snack and drink choices for our patients. And let's look at some of those food and drink choices and we'll talk about some of the studies that have been done to show the mitigating factors associated with at least a wise dietary adjunct. Dairy products, are a good example. Uh, General Dentistry published a study where 68 participants ranging from 12 to 15 years of age uh, were exposed to different treatments. They consumed cheese, milk, sugar-free yogurt, or just a paraffin control. And then 
exposed themselves to karyogenic snacking. And in the 30 minutes that followed, they looked at their pH levels of their plaque. Cheese had the best anti-cavity property. Cheese containing calcium supports a rise in the pH level. It triggers salivary formation, and it does harden enamel. Very, very wise choice. Mm -hmm. Milk. Milk can help bring up pH levels. And a study from the Journal of the American Dental Association, they examined the effect of whole milk, apple juice, tap water, after 20 adult participants ate Fruit Loops. Yes, Kellogg's, we're talking about your breakfast product, Fruit Loops. <laughs> they wanted to find something that was the nastiest thing the ethics committee would allow them to put on a human tooth, and Fruit Loops won out. And these participants then didn't brush for 24 hours, but... Even after 24 hours, the people who had Fruit Loops with milk significantly reduced their acid levels after that cereal consumption. Now, we mentioned apple juice, which does not have any caries preventive benefits. In fact, it's acidic. It has enough sugar that it is cariogenic. But an apple in and of itself, because of the chewing, a hard chew food is fantastic because it stimulates saliva. And apples... While they are sweet and while they are somewhat acidic, it's the hard chewing and the stimulation of saliva that makes an apple a good snack choice. Mm -hmm. Now, Recaldent, isn't that a milk product? Recaldent is from cheese. The casein phosphopeptide carries amorphous calcium phosphate. They add trace amounts of that to chewing gum, and I'm not sure how beneficial that is. It's been added to other dental products. Amorphous calcium phosphate is a fantastic remineralizer if it knows where to go. The mm. neat thing about CPP, casein phosphopeptide, bound mm. to ACP, is that at the pH 5.3, a dissociation occurs, and immediately that amorphous calcium phosphate is available to be uptaken by the tooth, or at least to neutralize acids. So the Recaldent product is a good choice. Cheese, in and of itself, is a good choice. I have a number of Amish patients that are in the dairy and cheese business, and I tell them they're very concerned about buying products because of the cost. I said, you know, if you just rub cheese on your teeth after having a soft drink, <laughs> you've done your teeth a service. Cottage cheese. Um, right. So, yes. That's, that's incredible. So it stimulates uh, salivary flow and, and obviously raises the pH. Yes, um, it does. What promising herbal caries management options are on the horizon? Uh, what are they known as? Nutraceutical? Is that the term? <laughs> That's a term from uh, oh, a, a skincare company. And when we have things that are nutritious but may have a therapeutic impact, nutraceutical is kind of a clever buzz phrase right now. If it's naturally occurring, uh, the Food and Drug Administration tends to, to leave it alone if we're not making a therapeutic claim. A good example is we know that green and black tea have tremendous dental benefits. Even with dysplastic soft tissues, they've found that tea uh, kind of reduces uh, oral pathologies at the, at the DNA level in uh, soft tissues. But the phenols in tea also have a great caries prevention um, property by inhibiting bacteria. So green and black tea, if you're not adding sweetener, milk, or cream to it, is a great anti-cavity uh, drink to be enjoyed after a sweet snack. Mm -hmm. Licorice, the old Chinese herb licorice root, which is glycerazole A and B, 
those have demonstrated substantial antimicrobial activity against strep mutans. And uh, Dr. John's Candies in Grand Rapids, Michigan, makes a licorice lollipop for kids. And this lollipop significantly reduces childhood caries. The problem is kids aren't always fond of the flavor licorice. Mm -hmm. So why Um, why aren't those kinds of candies handed out at the dental office on the way out? uh, On... In, on my exit desk, those candies are certainly handed out. Oh, uh, Halloween's coming up. Good we already you. have our um, herbal lollipops ordered. Um, we already have our xylitol lollipops and um, and taffies ordered. Uh, the reason a lollipop is a good idea, it, it needs to be exposed to the oral environment long enough that we can get some uh, some actual action, antibacterial action against the strep mutans and penetrate the biofilm. And that's why if we're just going to swish and swallow, it's not as good. If we're going to expose the oral environment over a period of time, you get a better result. Mm-hmm. Grape seed extract. Uh, Phil, grapeseed extract has these proanthocyanidins, and these uh, are potent antioxidants. They've got potent anti-inflammatory and antibacterial properties. They are immunostimulating effects. Uh, you, the reason that grapeseed extract is so good, it strengthens collagen. And as caries occurs in the tooth and we get these collagen strands exposed, we need something to preserve the collagen. And you increase those collagen crosslinks with grapeseed extract. There is little doubt that on artificially generated root caries, the best promising new agent is grapeseed extract. That is not commercially available at this time, mm-hmm. but you can have health food stores compound that for you. Yeah, I use grapeseed oil when I when I fry up my eggs, but that's that's about it on the grapeseed. I'm not sure that's not not that's not doing the same thing. What about black coffee? You talked a lot about tea. Is black coffee good or bad? Um, or not? Tea, it, yeah. tea is better than coffee. The pH of coffee is relatively low, and if there's no sugar added to the coffee, it's important to realize that caffeine can dry out the saliva. And whenever our mouths get dry, that's why Mountain Dew is so horrible. That's why the energy drinks are so horrible. If if we're caffeinating our bodies, we're drying up saliva. Remineralization cannot occur in a dry environment. I worry as much about the caffeine not that I don't love caffeine, but I worry as much about the effect of caffeine, particularly if you sip all day, uh, as I do the the sugars that turn to acids. Um, one other nutraceutical, papaya proteinase and papain gel, this is readily available. It enzymatically removes caries infected dentin. Um, there is a company that is now uh, preparing to market in the U.S., I believe it's marketed elsewhere, Papa M. Blue. It's a papain gel, so it's papaya proteinase, and it contains methylene blue. Methylene blue, of course, is a photodynamic inactivator, so it kills bacteria when you shine a light on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it offers clinicians the opportunity to simultaneously chemotherapeutically remove carious dentin absolutely painlessly and then photodynamically activate what's left eradicating strep mutans. And it's not a reduction, it's an eradication. This stuff is profoundly effective at eradicating strep mutans in the bottom of a prepared caries lesion. 
And there are other karyogenic microbes in that process that are also controlled. So papaya proteinase is worth considering. And this and, is not commercially available, though, currently. Um, look at uh, Papa M. Blue, and that's capital P-A-P-A, capital M, capital B, lowercase L-U-E. Papa M. Blue is a commercially available product, I believe. I have not been able to find it in the U.S., and that is a product I've not used, but in the literature, that caught my eye because the results were uh, things that um, that certainly I need. Anytime you can excavate a caries lesion with less discomfort, with less spoon excavating, as you mentioned earlier in one of the podcasts, what happens when there's a little leftover caries? Well, Papa M. Blue will quickly help clean that cavity, kill the bacteria, and allow you to go on with it. And what is that? Is that like a paste type material? It, it's a gel. It's a gel. And, and you put, so you put the gel in that area, you let it sit for a little while, and then you rinse it off? It is then rinsed off, yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so are plant-derived enzymes capable of effective painless caries lesion debridement? Uh, based on reports that I'm seeing on this papaya proteinase, yes. And I, I can't wait to try this. So that's wow. why I love doing these webinars is it gives me a chance to spend time in the literature where I haven't been before. And this was one of those gems that when I stumbled across it, I thought I have got to find this stuff and give it a try. We spoon excavate a caries lesion every day. Some days we do dozens of these things. And uh, I can't wait to try papaya proteinase. There have been other enzymes that have been used for caries debridement. Carasol company had some, but they took quite a bit of time. This is re- is reported to be expeditious and very inexpensive and also painless. So why is it, do you think, that it's low adoption when these type of uh, plant-based agents uh, or food-derived agents, they just don't seem to be accepted by today's dentists you know they look at it as like um witchcraft or something or am i wrong no i think you're you're right on i think we do have a culture right now where we're looking for non-pharmaceutical therapeutics to the point that we're not always making good choices and um that's why a randomized clinical trial uh, a study that involves uh human tissues and a study that's done in vivo is more valuable than something that is done in a laboratory on a simulated caries lesion. And I do try to rule out reasonable and promising studies based on those criteria. But standard of care has something to do with it. Getting reimbursed has something to do with it. Right, right. Being termed an oddball at the next dental meeting when you talk about it. Yeah, exactly. So it takes somebody yeah. who's an early adapter, and then it takes – a large body of evidence before this can really become a standard of care. But to push the envelope in a safe and inexpensive manner with these types of agents that are, um, are, are already available, we just need to use them, figure out how to employ them with our current dental techniques. And to the dentist who isn't using a spoon excavator ever, to excavate a caries lesion, if a round burr and slow speed is your standard, you're going to say, I don't need papaya uh, gel. Right. I, I, uh, right. I'm using a four-round uh, four uh, burr, but I'm working often with no anesthesia, and I like the fact that this could be effective yet painless. And also, there's less likely there's a less likelihood of having a pulp exposure than using a, even a slow-speed round burr. 
because no, you're, you're no leaving, doubt about it. Yeah, you're leaving affected dentin there, which is protecting the pulp, right? And the infected dentin is being taken care of by the by the agent that you're placing on top. That's correct. And knowing your background as uh, endodontists, calcium hydroxide is not dead. Calcium hydroxide still has every reason to be used judiciously in the deepest portion of a near caries exposure. It's validated. It's safe. It's effective. And I do still use calcium hydroxide. Calcimol is the VOCO product that uh, mm-hmm. uh, is a hard-setting calcium hydroxide. And I also have calcium hydroxide dry powder that we dust lesions with. Um, that comes from Sultan. Um, both those are in my operatoria. They're used regularly when I think, hey, this pulp needs a little bit of stimulation to make some secondary dentin. That's not a pathologic process. It's a pulp protective process. Mm -hmm, Sure. Um, So xerostomia. So this is something that obviously affects the elderly. It certainly contributes to root caries because there's less, as as you said, when salivary flow is reduced, we're looking for problems. So what products are available on the horizon uh, for salivary stimulation in the world of uh, plant-derived or food-derived agents? Aloe vera gel juice. Aloe vera gel juice is apparently sold in health food stores. I just started uh, exploring this. It's a great mouth moisturizer, and it was a patient that told me about it. And after researching, aloe barbadenus is the chemical name, and aloe vera juice helps with dry mouth. Ginger is a well-known herbal sialagogue. It stimulates saliva flow. Um, so both ginger and aloe vera are mm-hmm. worth looking at. I do some dentures, and the denture patients are the worst sufferers when it comes to dry mouth because they don't have adhesion of their denture. And they've lost their teeth because their mouth was dry. Many times it's a Sjogren's patient. Mm-hmm. And they tell me, I tried water. I tried milk. Milk actually helps coat the tissues of the mouth. But here's the one thing that... Um, I had never heard of until a Sjogren's patient recently told me. She said after being on Evozac and some other um, expensive medications, uh, even pilocarpine has some drawbacks and has some cost. But Mm -hmm. pilocarpine lollipops can help. That's what she had last tried. But she said, I discovered vegetable oil, and that's reported in the literature. Um, But ginger and aloe vera are worth looking at if you have patients with persistent dry mouth. Very interesting. Aloe vera seems to do a lot for a lot of things in the body, including joint pain, and it's like the uh, panacea to the fountain of youth. <laughs> yes. And one final thing, I've got my box of enamelon. Enamelon is a premier product. It contains amorphous calcium phosphate, but um, I can't tell you what it is. I know it's a cactus extract, but its label says sensitivity and dry mouth treatment. Mm-hmm. It does work well. Uh, you have improved compliance when the patient's getting a dual benefit. We want them to use them to prevent root caries, but if it helps their mouth stay moist, they're more likely to be compliant. And when I asked what's in here that, that causes the patient to salivate, they said it's a cactus extract. Well, there's actually literature on prickly pear cactus, and that chemical is nopal cactus and 2017 in pharmaceutical biology that is a very good 
additives to a variety of different products to help dry mouth. And I don't know if biotin contains that. I don't know if GC's dry mouth gel contains that, but prickly pear cactus extract, hmm. I think is a promising uh, material that's on the horizon. Is an, how is enamelon delivered? Uh, is it in a tube or rinse? It, it is in a tube and this tube is a four ounce tube. Um, I think it's in the neighborhood of fourteen dollars. I I think that may be our retail price. Um, the patient brushes with it. The patient applies it, and I apply it just like I would apply either Remin Pro, that's Voco's product that doesn't do anything for dry mouth, but it's a great remineralizer, or GC's MI Paste, MI um, Paste, MI Paste yeah. Plus, because of the fluoride in it, mm -hmm. is a little more effective than MI Paste. I have a few patients that don't want to see fluoride in their products, so right. I'm glad it comes in two different clips. Uh, Enamelon does contain 0.15 percent. Um, fluoride ion, so it's a 0.4% anti-cavity, anti-sensitivity stannous fluoride that's added to that product. Okay. Um, but it, it's a product that I've gotten good compliance if the patient complains about dry mouth. That's the one I put them on because they're more likely to use it because it's managing their xerostomia as well as giving some caries protection. All right, Dr. Ewaldson, again, pleasure to have you on Dental Talk, and uh, we're going to have you on a future podcast very shortly and thanks so much for joining us you're welcome and thank you